Welcome to the HR Chat Podcast, bringing the best of the HR and talent communities to you. According to the World Health Organization, burnout results from chronic workplace stress that has not been successfully managed. It is typically characterized by three dimensions, feelings of exhaustion, increased mental apathy towards one's job, and lack of confidence about one's abilities. Burned out employees are 63% more likely to take a sick day, two and a half times more likely to be actively seeking a different job, and 13% less confident in their performance. In this HR Chat episode, we're going to discuss ways to help limit the risks of employee burnout and what to do if you spot employees suffering. My guest this time is Trung Tran, CEO at Amplio, a company on a mission to help businesses retain talent by helping them to avoid burnout. Trung has spent his career in Silicon Valley working for companies such as HP and Intel. He worked on the development of 72 products worth $2.2 billion. His interest in AI stems from his work at DARPA on next generation AI systems and algorithms. He remains passionate to the idea that AI should help people reason better and not replace them. Hey Trung, welcome to the HR Chat Podcast today. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. So, Trung, beyond my wee introduction there, why don't you take a minute or so and introduce yourself to our listeners? Sure, sure. Um, I uh, I went to the Air Force Academy. I spent uh, about five years in the U.S. military and the Air Force specifically. I spent the next 17 years in Silicon Valley um, building uh, 22 products, 72 products worth $2.2 billion in revenue. And then I got tapped by uh, DARPA to be a PM to kind of look at next generation um compute platforms uh, for AI uh, with the idea that the GPU enabling AI to work was uh, kind of a happy mistake. Um, it worked really well to kind of advance AI to where we have it today, but what are the next generation algorithms and what the next generation processor needs to do to be able to handle those algorithms. So that being said, that was kind of my idea going forward. Um, and so I learned a lot uh, about AI and kind of what next generation AI platforms need to do. And, and they, they kind of break into like three sections. Um, AI helps you see things, AI helps you understand things, and AI helps you act. And so we're really at the, the third part of that, the third generation of that AI. And that's kind of what MPO is about. We're trying to build um, AI systems to help you make good decisions and tell them, uh, kind of help them inform them what to do next to get to where they want to go. And we focus uh, primarily on uh, workforce, um, and we, we focus on, you know, um, looking at ways to avoid burnout so people can be happier and healthier at work. Wonderful. Thank you very much. So the, the main focus of today is, uh, is, is on burnout. And uh, in, in that, we're going to be talking a wee bit about uh, Amplio and how you guys can help. Um, you gave us a nice introduction there to yourself and, and to Amplio. So let's, let's jump straight into uh, this very important discussion today. Uh, in, in your opinion, what, what causes burnout? How has the pandemic contributed to employees feeling stressed, anxious, and maybe overworked? So when you look at um, the most recent survey, 76% of people have said they experienced burnout during the pandemic. And burnout, as defined by World Health Organization, um, is a, a occupational um, disease. So it has to do with work. Um, it's when the employee cannot manage the chronic stress they're under. And it expresses itself in three ways. The first is exhaustion. 
Now, people keep working and working until they just fall apart or fall down. Uh, the second one is apathy. You know, eventually they feel frustrated by putting all the effort into what they're doing and not getting further ahead. And the third is they start to lack their confidence. They start doubting what they're doing and, you know, whether or not what they're doing is effective. So when you look at that, you know, burnout classically is, you know, people who overwork themselves um, to the point where, you know, they, 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 they've actually injured themselves in a way that is emotional as well as physical. You kind of can liken it to, um, you know, the January 1st resolutions kind of thing where I go into the gym. I decide I want to work really, really hard to get in shape. I am overtraining my body and that might lead to injury and might lead to, you know, uh, serious strains and stresses, if not just like, you know, um, like a broken bone or something like that. So, or a torn ligament. And so you have the same thing when you, you, you're in a work situation and you're, you're pressuring yourself and you feel pressure from external, maybe because the boss is pressuring you or there's too much work and you're trying to get it all done and you overwork, like just like you overtrain and you push your emotional and, the physical reserves to the point where they're no longer there. Um, you know, one of the key things that people don't realize about living in a chronic stress bubble is that cortisol eats up as many nutrients as, you know, running a marathon. So you get adrenal blowout. What that means is the adrenal gland uh, builds the hormones you need to regulate your body, um, you know, regulate your mood, your emotions, regulate all those things. And when it doesn't have nutri nutrients to build those hormones, it blows out or it starts failing. And, when you don't have the hormones that regulate your body, you start feeling sluggish. You start feeling like, you know, um, you're in a bad emotional state, right? You feel depressed. You feel the world's against you. All those things because you no longer can regulate your, 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 yourself because you no longer can build those, uh, those, those hormones you need. And so those are all the things that are kind of the physical signs of it. Um, the, you know, burnout can be caused for a lot of reasons. I mean, I think the majority of the reason is that you're working too long for too many hours. I used to have a, VP at Intel that told me I had to be more at an angle than a rocket ship going straight up because you go straight up, you go straight down and, you know, make sure I build in times to take time off. Um, you know, and, and it's true that, you know, I think that a lot of us aren't taught that. A lot of us are taught that, you know, work harder, work hard as you can, and then, you know, um, you perform your best. But, you know, if you keep, uh, you know, working, working, working without a break, then, you know, eventually something pays the price. And so, First thing is exhaustion. I think there's um, some uh, frustration uh, with a company that results from that. Like if you, if you like, you know, I said, you know, um, feel like you're overworked because you no know, too much is put on your plate or there's too much pressure from management. There's things that the organization needs to do as well to kind of help alleviate that uh, as you try to cope with that stress and kind of, kind of ease you off a little bit, maybe give you a down day. Um, that's you see that in the military a lot when people are in combat for a long time, they're cycled off. And give him a break because you can't just deal with that trauma and that stress for that long. Um, and, you know, finally, you know, when you're stressed and when you can't sleep and when you're exhausted, you're going to make mistakes. And then you start questioning yourself, am I really good enough to do these things? And and a lot of times that causes people to, lack, to lose the joy in the job. Like, you know, if you, you spent your whole life dreaming of being a financial analyst in Wall Street, being a trader um, and, you know, trading stocks um, and, uh you know, you go in Wall Street, you work the first couple of years in Wall Street and you're just exhausted and you no longer feel the joy in what you're doing. You don't feel like you can even do the job anymore and you decide to do something completely different. Uh, and that's really kind of simple of it when you, you know, you've, you're so exhausted, you don't know if you're doing a good job anymore. You don't feel like, you know, you're contributing. 
you know, this is why burnout kind of leads a lot of people to question their careers and then definitely, you know, question uh, their job and they actually leave. Um, you know, 38% of skilled workers, uh, skilled knowledge workers, are thinking about uh, quitting their jobs because of the pandemic. And, you know, of the 38%, 66% are really seriously looking. And so, you know, you're, you're looking at, you know, a lot of people are dissatisfied. And why is that? You know, in, in the pandemic, you know, one of the things that, you know, we talked about earlier was exhaustion, just pushing yourself, making yourself work too hard. You know, people forget about the fact that a commute breaks up your day. You know, if you commute to work, you know, that's the start of your day. When you commute home, that's your end of your day. You may have childcare concerns. You may have, like, um, it, just traffic concerns that you leave off at a certain time. But the key thing is you leave the office, right? Um, you may log on back later at night, but that's generally a shorter period of time. But, you know, when you look at working from home, that day is not capped. It's not capped between the two commutes you have, right? Your evening commute and your morning commute. It's... I can basically start work anytime in the morning and I can work for as long as I want because there's no reason for me to stop. Right. And so a lot of times in the pandemic, you know, uh, people are working themselves to exhaustion because they're, they're much more productive is what people say during the pandemic, but it's mostly because they don't know when to stop working. Um, you know, there's no like uh, water cooler break or anything like that. You know, you just keep working, working, working. The second reason why I think the pandemic has really affected people, um, and, you know, Paychecks did a survey that said that uh, 40% of the people during the pandemic experienced emotional uh, performance and attitude problems. Um, and it's because you're alone. Now, there's something to be said when you work with the team and you share a burden and share a goal. And that, you know, you feel like you're part of something special, that everyone else is working as hard as you are, right, to meet that goal. Um, that gives you kind of an emotional valve and release. Uh, also, you know, the the idea that, you know, um, you have what you call a work wife or work husband, right? Someone in your office that you can complain things about, that you can, you know, relieve your stress by, you know, talking to somebody and talking through, you know, your problems that you can't do with a spouse who isn't familiar with the office, isn't familiar with what's going on. And so from that standpoint, you don't have that valve, that safety valve uh, with regards to, like, you know, having to deal with your emotions. So now you're, you're at a point where you kind of feel like you're picked on and you're all alone and it's you versus the world. You have no one to talk to, kind of to make you feel feel better about that, and all that pressure again leads to you know uh, burnout because you're like, oh my gosh, I'm working so hard, I'm not appreciating all these other bad ideas and emotions that flow through you, um, that you know could be relieved by working with others or having someone you talk to at the office, just keep building up, and so so we see a lot of that during the pandemic, especially when people were isolated, especially isolated from their coworkers, um, and having a hard time with it because they, there's no one to talk to. There's no one to, to kind of alleviate that stress. So I think those are the two big things that are really kind of um, uh, leading to um, more issues of burnout during the pandemic. Again, the uncapped workday. And then two, you know, the inability to get the support of others when you're working remotely at home by yourself. So those two things I think are really increasing the amount of people burned out in the pandemic and really causing the problems we're seeing today. Okay, thank you. Now, now I'd like to, I'd like to get your take on. Um, I mean, p- people when when they think about burnout, they they often think about someone who is 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 at a place where they could hardly even do any work at that point. Perhaps you know it, it's it's got it's got that severe. But burnout it comes in lots of different forms and uh, to lots of uh, different degrees of severity. I, I guess is it always obvious, Trung, 
uh, to an individual that they are approaching or actually living through a, a, a form of burnout? Or does it sometimes require an, an outsider to spot the signs? Yeah, honestly, you know, the, the problem with us, there's there's two problems, right? First, there's stigmatism in mental health. So people don't want to think they have any kind of emotional issue. Uh, so they deny that to themselves. And two, people generally don't listen to their body and how tired they are, right? Especially if you're caught up in something you enjoy. That's the problem with gamers when they game all night or game multiple weeks. Uh, you know, they're all burnt out, but they, uh, they're so into what they're trying to do, they don't really think about it. And you always need that mother figure that comes in and tells you to go to bed or tells you to go eat and those kind of things. And so in that case, I think a lot of people just don't know they're burnt out. Uh, they're not aware of it or they're in denial. And uh, that's the problem they face today. Okay, thank you very much. Uh, I, I went for a, a period about nine months ago where we got a PlayStation and I, I was always playing uh, Grand Theft Auto yeah. all the time. It was awesome, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it can take over. Um, okay, so let's let's talk a bit more about Amplio then. You, know, you and I have just met, imagine you and I just met for the first time and uh, we're at, a, at one of those networking events where uh, we each have a minute to tell the other person a bit about what, what they do, sure. what their company gets up to. Um, so here's my question for you in, in, in our little networking environment. Uh, what role does Amplio play to try and help combat potential or actual burnout? The meaning of the word Amplio is amplify in Latin. And what we do is we amplify the body signals so that you're more aware of what's going on. And we help you understand those signals. So when you look at you know, mind-body connection, there's changes in your biometric as well as your psychometric data that indicate you're having a problem. And you're going through, starting to go through something called burnout. We amplify those signals and we help you interpret and understand them so that you can see prima facie, you know, real objective evidence that, hey, I have a problem and I need to cut back. Now, uh, my next question here, I'd like you to take a, a couple of minutes, maybe a little bit more if you'd like, um, because um, I, I think a lot of people could lo learn a lot of things from it. So Am Amplio claims to collect both subjective and objective data to yield the best results. In combination with interactive surveys, your team uses devices such as the Garmin Watch, uh, Whoop Band, Google Fitbit, and the Emotive headset to gather psychological data and uh, and physiological data too what has been the response from employees trung uh, when it comes to being asked to wear such monitoring devices are, are they okay with it do you ever get any pushback uh, tell, tell us more yeah so i mean i think the you know there's always this question of privacy right when, when you look at measuring things like heart rate heart rate variation and those kind of things uh, we, we use these devices to go do that uh, we don't use any gps data or anything that co-locates or figure out geolocates where you are so we're actually trying to understand what your body is telling you about yourself. We try to, again, amplify that. And so from our standpoint, you know, is this a relationship between you and us? Is all the data that we use to generate the model and give you recommendations, suggestions, in regards to how to help you with your problem um, are all based on your data. So we don't do any comparisons. There's no reason for us to mix your data with anyone else's data. It's all very contained and siloed so that, you know, our recommendations are based on you and what works for you and what doesn't work for you. And that's the key thing. I mean, collecting data is one thing. I think people get uh, kind of caught up in that a lot, and a lot of people like collecting data, and they use it for other means. Um, my idea of AI is not to collect data for sake of collecting data or using it for marketing purposes. My idea of AI is to help you understand that data, actually have you use it. I think you know too often uh, companies, tech companies, tell you that you're too stupid to use your data, and they'll tell you what to do or what to think. I think that like the church in the Middle Ages, right? They had the Bible. And uh, you're too stupid to read it. 
And so they'll interpret it for you. At any time an organization has control of the truth, it's very, very dangerous. And so my, my idea is that we're collecting all this data on you anyway, um, and we want you to understand it. We want to help interpret it for you, help you understand if you're having a problem. And then more importantly, we need to help you kind of fix those problems and kind of figure out how to get around some of the issues you have. And that's the, the key thing that you know, we're definitely uh, trying to do. Ampio is trying to enable you or unlock your potential uh, by helping you understand your, the information about you, understand what your body is saying, so you can make the right decisions. And that's, that's kind of the key to what we're doing. And if you look at that, you know, the employer doesn't get the data, the employer doesn't understand any of this stuff. The employer just sees that you know, you're managing yourself better, you're healthier, and you're more productive. And I think that's a win-win for both people. Yeah, so it's a nice mission, uh, just like you said there. You know, you're trying to make people feel happy, feel feel uh, feel supported, um, and and from that they'll be they'll be productive and uh, full members uh, of of the team. How important do you think it is then um, for for employees to feel supported by their companies through 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 initiatives like using uh, Amplio? So it's not just about their professional development trunk, um, but it's about it's about maintaining their, their mental health and and, and uh, their well being. I think, you know, the pandemic especially has kind of emphasized the idea that mental health is important. You know, when you're a knowledge worker, you're not doing a ton of stuff physical. And so your mental emotional health is, is, is probably the, the biggest thing that affects how you perform. Uh, you know, back in the day when you, you were a smith and you had to go hammer a nail or hammer a sword, you know, your physical body and its limitations are what you have to worry about. No one really thinks about their emotional and mental capabilities. Um, you know, I had a friend uh, whose husband... Uh, as a firefighter, he shot himself because he had, had undiagnosed bipolar, right? And so, you know, from that standpoint, you know, we really need to get to the point that people are not just what they do. People are are, are what they're capable of doing. Their potential it has to do with their mental and emotional state. And that's the kind of thing that employers have to look at. And it's not just me that thinks that. You know, uh, paychecks, again, the same paycheck survey said that, you know, 60% of employees are looking for mental health benefits from their employer something to help them through these times. Um, and then it, among millennials, 80% will prioritize it number one in the next job search. And so from that standpoint, it's not only do I think that companies need to look at people holistically to make sure they, they can perform and keep performing, especially if they're remote, right? Where it's harder to keep tabs of what they're doing. But I think employees are asking for that too. I think it, when employees are asking that strongly for help, companies have to step in and provide these benefits Help people understand their emotional, physical state, understand what to do to manage it, right? And not just, you know, make sure people clock in at a certain time or pay, or pay them a certain amount of money. Because if they burn out or they, you know, have emotional problems, you're not going to get any kind of productivity out of your employees. In terms of lost revenue uh, and productivity, uh, I don't know if you're able to quantify that in, in terms of number of hours and so on. Um, but what, what, are, what are some of the costs to employers of having burned out employees? Well, uh, they're, they're quite a bit. Uh, you know, the the key thing that you have to think about, right, is the, um, you know, one, there's a huge cost when people leave the team, right? So we have a lot of, of retention problems. Then, you know, people are wondering why people are working here, why don't, why are everyone quitting, right? Um, and, and, you know, why, why is everyone happy? And, and from that standpoint, you're not going to be competitive. You're not going to get the production you want on your team. Because everyone's going to be wondering why everyone's leaving, right? The second thing is that burnout employees are 63% more likely to take a sick day, 2.6 times more likely to actually seek a different job. So they're totally disengaged from what you're doing with you 
you're looking for a new job, a 30% less confident in their performance. And so when you look at those three factors, you know, burnt out employees are, are not contributing to your team. And if you let things get to the point where a majority of your employees are burnt out, you're not performing at your best. If you're not performing at your best, you're not competitive and you're going to lose um, quite a bit of market share, quite a bit of money. Um, remember, it takes 213% of a person's salary to replace them. So if you keep burning people out and them leave the door, you're paying a lot more than it would take to kind of retain them. Okay, and um, as we look to wrap up today, Trum, I've just got a couple more questions for you. The next one's a little bit of a recap on some things you've spoken about so far today, but um, I think it's important sometimes just to uh, drive certain points home. Um, for, for employers who are listening today, um, and if they're potentially worried about employees or they just want to be ever vigilant, how, how can employers spot signs of burnout early to avoid longer-term health issues? Well, a lot of it has to be enabling the frontline manager and training the frontline manager kind of like um, what to look for. You know, you can't make it a big corporate policy. It has to be the people that work directly with the employees and have them look for like signs of absenteeism, how many days they're taking off sick, you know, uh, look for signs of, you know, um, you know, are they exhausted? Do they look like they haven't slept? You know, are they, you know, those kind of things. I think you start looking at those kind of signs and say, okay, Maybe I'm pushing this person too hard and actually be able to do something about it. The problem is, is a lot of frontline managers aren't trained people persons. I, I was a frontline manager for a long time, and you got promoted that because you were good at whatever you're doing. In that case, it was building uh, microchips, right? Um, but, you know, I wasn't necessarily trained in, in counseling and understanding if someone's having a bad time. So there's a lot of pressure on the, the uh, frontline manager to do that. But that's where you have to go look. That's where you have to kind of figure out how you want to make your stand is at that level. And companies have to figure out how to either enable the frontline managers to do that, right? Or, you know, get a tool like ours that kind of helps you manage themselves so that the burden gets off of the manager and they can actually focus on performance, which is what you actually pay them for. Super. And I guess that just leads me to ask you, how can how can our listeners connect with you, Trung? Um, so you and I are connected on LinkedIn, I, I believe. Uh, you're, you're quite receptive there as one place. Um, but also, how can they learn more about Amplio.ai? Sure. You're welcome to send an email to contact at Amplio.ai or my own email address, Trung and Amplio.ai, uh, my name, and then uh, Amplio.ai. We're doing a fundraising campaign right now. We're raising money on Republic. So you want to be you want to own a piece of Amplio and what we're doing, or you believe in the mission, uh, you can feel free to to donate at that place. Uh, it's only a hundred bucks. So um, if you want to be part of Amplio, that's another way to do it. Wonderful. Well, that just leads me to say, Trung, thank you very much for joining me on this episode. Thank you for having me. And listeners, as always, until next time, happy working. Yeah, I guess we ran a little bit over. Thank you for listening to the HR Chat Podcast, brought to you by the HR Gazette.